Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ever hear somebody say we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way? I mean, what kind of a choice is that? At Geico.com, everything's easy. Easy to see how much you could save on car insurance. Easy to go paperless by automatically paying your bid online. Easy, easy, easy. So visit Geico.com today. Of course, if you prefer the hard way, I guess you'll have to go someplace else. Sorry, I just don't get it. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering you to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway Pierce. of you. My name is Speeway, and thank you for taking the time to join us for another episode of the Speeway Show, where we are talking about successful relationships, an idea exchange for a different kind of conversation about what makes relationships tick. Now, as you can tell by this introduction, we are talking about adult topics sometimes, so please exercise your discretion if you have young ears around. You can catch this or any other past show at any time by visiting the website, blogtalkradio.com slash speedway, and scrolling down to the on-demand shows. Look for the launch of our uh, own website, thespeedwayshow.com, which will be coming to you in the near future. If you would like to join us on Facebook, look for the fan page, The Speedway Show, at www.facebook.com slash The Speedway Show. You can also click on the like icon on Facebook to get updates and participate in discussions that we have from time to time. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. You can search for the handle, The Speedway Show. You kind of get the theme, right? Um, now, if you'd also like to follow the show, in the meantime, you can click on the follow icon on the website at blogtalkradio.com slash speedway, and you will receive future show updates. Now, the topic today is career versus relationship. Can they coexist, or do you have to forsake one in favor of the other if you're going to do them really, really well? To the successful person in what is hopefully a fulfilling career, at work you might be an executive, a leader, a counselor, a stakeholder, or a team member. You may also be a spouse, a partner, a parent, a sibling, a grandparent, a friend, and many other things to people outside of your work life. You may have an email and phone that you use at work. You may have one or more emails and phones for your personal use. And somewhere in there, you have to take the time to actually touch and spend quality time with the people who need love and depend on you. Where is the time? That is the question. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today. How do, you, how do you make it work? Because we all have 24 hours in a day, so how do we do it? To shed some light on this question is my esteemed guest. Today, his name is Dr. Eric Winston Walton, a very busy executive who balances some amazing work and still manages to maintain a happy and healthy home life. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? Well, I can't tell you everything about him, but let me give you a flavor of who this man is. Dr. Eric Winston Walton is an accomplished commercial leader, strategist, happy father, and husband with three children, no less. During the past 20 years, Dr. Walton has built and led departmental strategy at some of the most notable global organizations. These corporations include GE, Merck, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, 
Wyeth, and Cephalon. Dr. Walton earned his MBA in marketing from the University of Toledo and his doctorate in business strategy through the Snail College of Business at the Pennsylvania State University in State College, Pennsylvania. And he also earned a Bachelor of Science in Business from Central State University in Wilberforce, Ohio. Additionally, Dr. Walton received a corporate-funded marketing certificate from the Wharton School of Business in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He also serves on the board of directors for the National Biological and Pharmaceutical Association. Dr. Walton is the lead founder of the National Executive Forum, which can be found at www.nationalexec.org. This is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide C-level leadership development and a year-long partnership for executive business leaders. This phenomenal organization brings senior executive leaders together in an annual forum where an exclusively invited group convene to learn, develop, and transform. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I, well, it's interesting that I was um, trying to take a look at my CV to find out exactly who you were talking about. And I guess that, that, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you. Yeah. You have accomplished a great deal over the years, and uh, so you know we're. I'm. I'm. I, I can't wait to hear about uh, how you how you juggle all of this. So, as a starting point, tell us a little bit about your family. So, one, well, I, I think it all starts with um, you know picking the right person on the end, and, and my queen, uh, Shonda Mosley Walton. Um, she's a, a senior manager at Amgen. Uh, as well, and doing very well. Uh, work with Amgen has a, a great future there. Um, I have three children: um, Matthew, uh, my eldest, my teen; uh, Maya, my six-year-old, my little princess; and a new guy on the block, 18-month-old um, Maxwell. So, uh, needless to say, I have a, a lot on the plate um, from 14, six, uh, and uh, 18 months. Um, poses a nice little challenge for our time. Um, along with our careers and our aspirations. Well, you have had a lot to juggle over the years, and uh, I don't suppose it has been easy. I, let me tell you, I think that it has not. It has not been easy um, at all. And at the same time, uh, I would say in the, over the last, uh, my, my wife and I are about to celebrate our seventh anniversary. Um, over the over the last seven years, have been absolutely. Awesome, in large part because of really a clear understanding of what the priorities are, um, and making sure that we're making uh, our relationship um, it become the priority. And as much as much as we say that, Speedway, when kids start to come in, we have a teenager, uh, newborns uh, coming. Um, that's difficult to manage itself, along with the fact that we're trying to set a legacy for our children through our 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 accomplishments. We all sit back wow. and say, you know, we want to be at this particular level in a corporation, build an organization, build a business. Um, for me personally, I have those aspirations as well as my wife Shonda. Um, and so it poses a natural conflict from time. Um, at the same time, the, the, the biggest rate limiter there is making sure that we communicate and we do spend the time, take the time out for each other. Um, that, that, that's, that's hugely, really kind of number one uh, the objective that we, we have to make sure that we are, are able to accomplish. Well, now, you are involved in quite a lot of stuff even as we speak today. Um, and, you know, I went through your background and some of the, the, the things that you've accomplished academically and professionally. When you think about your day job today, um, how many day jobs do you have, and um, how do you manage them? <laughs> Let me tell you, interesting enough, I mean, I, and, and one of the things is I've just taken on a, a, a role, um, a, a faculty position at the Alabama State University um, as a professor, of, as associate professor of, of marketing, so a tenure track position there, where I get to um, now take that with the lessons I learned throughout my career and be able to. You know, condition, impart, inspire young minds. So that's another thing. So the question is, how do you handle that? <laughs> and 
it, it, I think it changes day to day. I mean, you, you you simply write down your priorities in terms of the day job. So the so there, there are two things. The national executive forum takes an enormous amount of time. It's like running a a small business um, with you know a about six or seven extraordinarily capable and, and energized individuals around you who also have other lives as well. So for me. It tends to fall a lot of the execution, a lot of the the insurance, ensuring our our excellence and and being able to meet our objectives will fall on me. So that takes an enormous amount of time. Uh, for me, rolling in another role has to make sure that what it, those two missions somehow overlap. So therefore, if I'm doing one thing, I'm learning about the other. So you know, it, it's a challenge, I guess. But what keeps me fueled is, is probably the, the mission, the passion, and 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 the and the what if this thing happens extraordinarily well, and I, every time I see it happening well, it makes me refuse me for the next time. From and I'm speaking specifically about the National Executive Forum. Um, my personal passion is uh, is being a coach and a teacher. So being able to go to a teaching university and research about what I'm research about my passion um, is, is a natural fit for me. Now it does cause uh, I would say a, you know a natural time conflict. Um, how do we how do we do this? Manage everything else and continue to to maintain our relationships with our with our family. And and, and I don't just speak for myself. I really speak for folks around me who have been my mentors and, and some of my comrades. Um, it's something um, that you, you, we really have to concentrate a lot on in order to main to not, not to get at a breaking point and really lose getting to know the other person. Or then, or then pouring all of our time, passion, and energy into our kids once we get home, or, or, or dismissing the kids and trying to to um, procure our way through <laughs> our fatherhood. So it's a significant challenge. Um, but the, but those are the things that are on my plate currently. Wow. So now let's well, let's kind of pick them off one at a time. Okay. When it comes to the National Executive Forum. It, yes. it, on a, either on a day-to-day or on a weekly basis, how much time do you find yourself spending, and where do you where do you find the time? Is this what you do when you get home from work? How do you arrange your time so that you even have the availability to to work on this? You know what you I think aptly so aptly describe as a small business because everybody knows who's ever tried to start a small business. It's not the same as going to uh, work down the street for somebody else because you have to be the organizer, the orchestrator, and the doer of so many things. So how do you, in, in a 24-hour day, how do you organize yourself so that you have the, t- the adequate time, or is it even adequate, to spend on it? Yeah. I have to have um, national executive form days because, I don't, you know, switching channels is is, is, is is something when you really, you go deep into to building the organization, building, making the contacts. I have to partition my week, so I don't really look at it as a 24-hour day. To be fair, I look at it as like you know, from Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays are going to be executive 50 days, national executive forum days, um, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But the next the week could change through um, the next week, and, and and the priority may be putting together, for example, this week, putting together lesson plans and things of that nature and putting together um, a complete plan for Alabama State University. But I have to purchase in my days because there's the marketing piece of it that I have to work with my um, strategist and execute, um, formally execute, refine um, the the marketing strategy and be able to ex- and contact people who are going to help fund that or either come to the meeting. So that's usually and definitely, that's that's usually a Monday, <laughs> some Monday initiative. Um, and then I have to. This obviously there's some, there's some follow-up calls possibly on Tuesday. But if I look at a, it, my seven-day week, I would have to partition a certain day that are dedicated to the many elements of the National Executive Forum. That's everything from sponsorship, um, marketing, um, registrations, and, and contacting, contacting all the administrative folks who are leading each particular. Um, charge and up to including a, a community service piece, so it's it's it can be intense. And as you know, when, when we, we when we call, we, we call with a, with a full load of questions and requests. So um, <laughs> it, it can be extraordinarily um, time consuming. And then you have to balance that with with understanding how to communicate with folks. So 
that's the way I, I lay out. That's what's been most successful for me um, over the last three weeks because I had to re rejuggle things as I've added on to my plate. Now, with the National Executive Forum, there is some travel associated with that organization as well. Is that right? Absolutely. We have to plan our, our strategic me- our strategy meetings, and towards the back end of the year, we have to then put together our, our, our what I call our contact meetings, meeting with either organizations such as the National Sales Network or the Na- National Black MBA Association, uh, 100 Black Men, um, making sure we're in attendance at, at those events, as well as meeting some of the CEOs, like Adrian Barfield, who's down in Dallas, Texas, and he was created his own company, and now they've, they've merged uh, with Cardinal Health, and meeting with him about sponsorship and also his input in, on the strategy. So you know, um, currently um, we're meeting with we, we call a group, um, one of our learning uh, development organizations, because uh, they put on our, our, our meetings in terms of our, our curriculum, our design, the development plans, the, the executive development plans, they put all that stuff together, but it also has to align with our mission and with the feedback from our membership. So it's, it can get pretty intense. So now there is a signature event that you have for the National Executive Forum, right? Tell us about that. Absolutely. So um, this year in October, the 20th through the 22nd in Dallas, Texas, um, we host our National Executive Forum itself. And that is focused um, on bringing C-level and middle managers together to understand and, and, uh, their own personal leadership development, how they interact with others, and how they can make a, even a greater impact on that, their jobs, their personal lives, and their communities. Um, and the way we put this thing together is to make sure that uh, every, everyone who comes could be a panelist. We, we, we have executive panels. We have a career networking day uh, or a luncheon that folks can kind of sit there and talk with. Um, organizations and, and folks who have been around the talent acquisition world uh, over the last uh, couple years in particular because of the changes in the economy. And then we have our gala event and um, a, a, a lot of the social networking events around it. But the main uh, seminal part of the program is the leadership development function that happens on that Friday and that Saturday um, during, uh, up until noon. And the Perhaps one of the things that I find most astounding, anyway, is that the work that you're describing right now is all in addition to the work that you're doing in your professorship position at the University of Alabama. Yeah, so Alabama State, um, yeah, so the the, the good thing is that's cranking up, and and before, um, you know, we, we talk about partitioning time because, because, because before, 20 years beforehand, it was all about uh, senior leadership in, in a commercial operation. So um, this is also something that's obviously going to take take a significant amount of time uh, outside of the lines, if you will, from a stand, from a, from a nine to five standpoint. Wow. So I'm going to play a clip. It's a very short clip. But um, I think it it sort of epitomizes what a lot of people tend to think sometimes about the balance between the work and the relationship. Take a listen. married to rich guys. It's a good thing. We're rich. (laughs) I heard that, and uh, it was a clip from Desperate Housewives, and it just made me laugh because, you know, it was was said in in fun, but, you know, it, it does suggest that for a lot of us, you know, we feel like you can't do the relationship thing especially well and do the career thing especially well, so you end up with this trade-off. And what Gabby is is kind of laughing about is the fact that, you know, on the one hand, you've got these two wives whose husbands are not able to join them for this evening function because they're working. And, um, you know, the good news from their perspective is, well, at least we're rich, uh, even though, you know, they don't get to spend the time with their husbands that they would like. And um, this is sort of the crux of our whole conversation today. We are talking with Dr. Eric Winston Walton, founder of the National Executive Forum, 
of www.nationalexec.org and happily married father of three. So, Eric, here is the burning question for the day. How do you, with everything you just described for us, and I intentionally asked you about the National Executive Forum because it really is a layer on top of your um, uh, the teaching that you do, and it is also a layer on top of the relationships that you have at home with the family. So the burning question of the day is, how do you do everything that you do on the professional standpoint and still manage to maintain a successful relationship with your wife? What would you attribute your, what are the kinds of things that you think have helped you balance those two things? I think first of all, having a, having a wonderful wife. I mean, I, and I say that, and I know someone's saying, "Oh, right now," but really, <laughs> no, no, really. Aww, having, yeah, no, really, ha- having having uh, a, a supportive, understanding um, individual, and having a, 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 the, the yin and the yang um, approach going for me. That's extraordinarily um, important, and I attribute a lot of that to to her disposition. But you know, even even the even one who is, has, a, has a perfect disposition um, has a limit, meaning that there is a time that we, we have two small children. Uh, my, my teenager is pretty self-sufficient. As long as we give him a compu- put a computer in front of his face, um, <laughs> and he's good, he's good. Okay, the idea, the, the problem, the trouble is getting it out in front of his face. But we have some emotional um, folks who are coming up around us um, that we have to also pour time into. And if I'm doing, for example, when I'm working with National Executive Forum and I'm doing some after-work phone calls and she walks in from work and she has the kids and she's just worked herself, there's a bit of a um, reaction <laughs> to, to that sure. that I have to manage, that, I ha- that I'll have to manage. And it's, it's, it's in fun, it's in jest, but it's also in honesty. So the, what happens is what I found to be significant is that you have to draw <clears throat> barriers uh, or this is, it's, it's a large part about communication first. Like if you got, if I have something that's going to take some time, that has to be predetermined and, and, for, and forecast ahead of time as much as I can. Um, that tends to keep everything in balance. Uh, it's the other way with her. I mean, she, she'll come home and bring home work, and I'm like, okay, wow, you know, you're, you're just at work all day, and I, I have the same <laughs> concern. But if it's forecast, all of a sudden, and we know what to expect, and we know what to prepare. That's one thing about a very specific situation. But um, so, let me, go ahead. So but I was just going to say to you, you know, the, the concept of setting barriers is an interesting one, and I was just wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that. Give us some examples of barriers that you might put around so, some of your activities. Yeah. So let me say, so, so you have to establish boundaries of when you are going to work and when you're not going to work. And that is that's something that you have to set the expectation of the people that your customers, in, in our case, and the people I'm working with. And okay, if we're going to have a late night teleconference, it's going to be on one day a week um, at this particular point in time. But we do not um, we don't offend that principle. We set that principle out there, and everyone knows that expectation within the organization, but also at home as well. That on Thursday nights, this is going to happen. Um, and that allows the communication to go over. At work, if you're and, and going, going to the corporate side, um, you have to also, I, I think there's an extraordinary idea that you, you set boundaries even with your boss and your coworkers. These, these are some of the things, this is where I'm available, this is where I will commit um, to personal time to, but on these particular situations, these are my principles, and they, I will not offend my own principles. And I think you have to do that early on because once you establish that you will not, that you will overwork, you will continue to get, you know, you continue to to allocate the, the precious time to your, that you would have your family and your spouse to your job. So I, 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 establishing those boundaries early, you know, in both places or all three places is extraordinarily important, and that speaks to the time and a lot involving the time. I can give one example. Of, see, there's, there's now Saturdays. It has to be something extraordinarily important, or the, or a, the month before our, our event. I make sure that you know I've been living in Toledo. Ohio. I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. I live in Los Angeles, and in Toledo, Ohio, we don't have 
beaches in Toledo, Ohio. So I live in L.A. We have a beach. My my daughter loves the beach. My son loves to play in the sand. Both of them. So we are going to do something on Saturdays together. The next the next boundary is the next principal boundary was we are going to my wife and I are going to so, uh, at certain points in time we're we're gonna we're gonna kick them to the curb and we're gonna just have our time ourselves. <laughs> that's been the most difficult challenge, but we're gonna kick we're kicking everyone to the curb because and that's extraordinary for me and uh, her. She she if she were on the line she would say you know what we've had to do that and we have not been extraordinarily good at it a while, you know for, for for a while and then we realize how necessary it is. And and that added you, you can tell it adds the reconnection back to your to your relationship. Well, okay, so I was gonna ask you if you schedule dates with your wife and it sounds like you do. How often do you actually get to do that? Because I would imagine that, you know, getting the whole you know, the complexity of finding childcare or maybe your, your son does it for you. Um, but how how often do the two of you succeed in just getting away from the kids? So we're getting work. better. Yeah, we're getting we're getting we're getting better at that. Um, I can tell you, initially it was very it was very few times, um, but we we realized that we schedule times. I would say just in a nutshell, we try to do a once a week thing. Sometimes we get three times a weekend and in one week nothing in, but in terms of setting a date, uh, for example, we love to go to the Cheesecake Factory we'll, during the middle of the day. We'll have a lunch or a lunch plus time. Where we're either going to go to a movie, okay? Because that's, that's easy. We got the, everyone's in daycare or school, <laughs> so <laughs> they, we like. So you, you don't have to get the babysitter to come in for that. But we like this. It's what we like. It's, you know, there are times that we right before we had Maxwell. One of the names for for my last son Maxwell, um, the the impetus was. Um, was the singer Maxwell? A lot of people have Miles, and they, we love we like Maxwell because you know when we were dating, that was the music that that we would play a lot, and it was very oh, familiar to us. So mm-hmm. my my wife can sing like you know anyone. She's she's awesome. So she, we we say you know what one thing we we know this one's going to probably have her voice. We just have claimed that. So what we would do is make sure that you know we that, that you know that, that the romance is a part of whatever we're doing. Wow. So now, um, with regard to the kids, I'm going to play a clip that I, you know, found was kind of funny, and um, it's 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 this little boy who's trying really really hard to impress a mom who's just not really paying a whole lot of attention to him. Take a listen. Look, mom, I drew a picture of me landing on the moon. And look, mom, I made the prototype of the rocket out of macaroni. made a real rocket based on the macaroni prototype. So this uh, clip, which I thought was really pretty funny, came out of, um, it came from the show Despicable Me. And uh, for those of you who have young children, you will undoubtedly have seen or perhaps know about this movie, but you know, it's 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 basically uh, part of it that I thought was kind of unusual for a cartoon was that it goes back to this little boy's growing up, and he grows up into this you know despicable character, ergo the name of the show, and it it explains why he he turned out to be this despicable character because you know he he lived with his mom, and you hear what mom was like, so all the noise that you hear in the end where he says that he built the real rocket and um uh after he builds the prototype is you know it, all that noise is the rocket blasting off and it goes off to the moon and they both watch it shoot up and 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 mom's reaction is no different and one of the things that parents professional parents struggle with is the concept of finding time not just for the but for the children, and, you know, it's it's not the same, which is what, Eric, I think you were alluding to earlier, that spending time with your children is not the same as spending time with your spouse, and it's great to do 
family stuff, but you still have to take time out to just go away with your wife and the two of you reconnect. Otherwise, you end up being one of those situations where two people have been married for decades and then the kids go away and then you realize you don't really know each other. So my next question for you is, given that you make time for just you and your wife, what does what does the time look like that you spend with your three children? Because obviously they're very different age groups. And part of what I wonder is, are you able to make individual time to spend with them, or do you spend just daddy-child time with the three of them? How do you manage that? So let me tell you, your kids are like, uh, you have to date your kids, okay? Everyone has their own Time and you can. I mean, family time is one thing. Usually, there's there's some fussing going along when they're all together. But I found out for me, having my oldest being nine years old before the next one come along, his his melting factor is different. Meaning, Tim jiving into being one of the three is in his mind is him and then those those other two two folks. (laughs) Okay, so there's time that I have to spend time especially him as, as he is encroaching on manhood, um, just with him. I have to have Daddy Matthew time. Then I have a princess who I have to, who is going to look for me for, for approval and that whole cascade. So she, everything, she, everything surrounds, is surrounding a, a tea party with her, and it's real fun. <laughs> for this little kid is, Princess Tiana, tea party, and I'm taking care of my little brother who's really my little baby doll type of deal. So, but there's time that we, it's just her and I are run. So how I do that with my son is, is more, it's a little more complex. We have a, a daddy-son trip planned that we're just going to go somewhere and just, just he and I. With my daughter, it's time that I get up and say, come on, Maya, let's go. And she's like, she's just putting her shoes on while asking where I'm going. She's, she's like, let's go. And there's the time that her, she actually, her personality tends, tends to change. She all of a sudden goes from 6 to, like, 16 in the car, and then when she gets back home with, with Mommy and everybody, she, goes, she turns back into being a baby again. And then there is a youngster who is, the, 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 is it's a bonding time, that for some reason there is some, there's a difference in the, the male and female um, brain from the beginning, so therefore his wants, and this little testosterone dude, he, he he knows when it's just he and daddy, and he's only 18 months, and we're having our time together. So you have to have, I would say, you're dating your kids uh, and taking time out with the kids and doing what they want to do um, is extraordinarily important into how you build a relationship going forth. Because your relationship, whether it, whether we realize it or not, it's going to be individual as they become adults. It's just very different. Do you think part of that for you is, you know, in addition to the fact that there's such uh, different ages. Do you think part of part of that is also because they're different genders? Because as you're describing, um, particularly Matthew and Maya, it, it just strikes me that you know the the time that you spend with them individually really must be different because they're completely different personalities, completely different ages as well. So you know, you know families have complexities. I think that is it's. The genders uh, is only one component of my particular situation, but my, my situation is not unlike other folks. So Matthew's obviously, if I've been married seven years and Matthew's um, 14 years old, um, doing the math, that that there, there's some different, there's, there's a different, there's another parent in there somewhere. So I think that from having his his particular situation, or being he and I only for a while, we, we have a little book that when it was just he and I, we remember the old the the the, uh, the song. Um, by Will Smith, just the two of us. We had the. We had, yeah. and he, then he wrote. Uh, he wrote in a book to accompany that. So we we remember we signed our names. So we felt it was just the two of us against the world. I always have to maintain that relationship with him. Uh, with Maya, she's the first girl, and she, that there is a big gender component. But it's it's, really, it's also it's just Maya. Maya sassy. There, there's some people who are not <laughs> like this. She's, so she's Maya sassy, and she's you know she's raised you know like, like differently. I mean, my reaction, my disciplinary process with her is very different. Um, and then, you know, the little guy, you know, as he's developing himself. But I think that there's a general component, but for my particular situation, there's also the, another complexity there. And that also feeds into how I focus my time on, on Mrs. Walton because 
you know, being able to adopt those complexities is something very special in that. So now, are there um, when you when you carve out the time to spend, you know, sacred family time and you build those boundaries? Do you find, especially when you're traveling? Uh, do you find that you are able to make up those times? Is there such a thing as making up that time? Or do you just roll with the punches and roll with the flow and you just pick it up when you get back home? Just pick it up when you get back home. There's no making up of time. Um, I don't bring gifts home because I've been gone <laughs> or anything like that. But I do, because of the time away, make sure I balance the times that I'm having with my, uh, my, with my kids and <clears throat> with my wife specifically. You know, because you have to, you have to make the times your way an opportunity to think, re, uh, regroup, and then get back focused into to your family. Well, you know, I find that um, when I travel, uh, one of the things that I, I I love about business travel, in part because I don't have to do it terribly often, <laughs> and in part because I get <laughs> to decide often when I travel. But one of the things that I like about it is it gives you time to think about things you normally would not have the time right. or the space to think about because you're so busy right. running around. And yeah. what you just said I find is interesting is that you're not just thinking about um, work. You're not just thinking about Alabama State. You're not just thinking about National Executive Forum. But it sounds like you're also thinking quite strategically about your family as well and how to, how to manage that time better with them. Is that yeah. fair? I think it's fair. Let me tell you one thing about business travel: when you, when you get three kids at home, there is an advantage that you, 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 they're at home, <laughs> so you get time to refresh. <laughs> okay, and there is the guilty, the guilty. The, probably you come, you feel guilty because you, you got some time away, um, and, and sometimes you know, up to the hotel room, um, and you 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 can actually go to sleep um, when you go to sleep, but. Um, that's that, but I think that you, you think you know I'm I, I, I'm almost you know I was obsessed with my kids, but you make sure that you, you that you're not getting and so you're, I'm thinking about them when when I'm, when I'm uh, away, but I'm not and it allows me to to have fun when I get back. If you're there, I think one thing you're, you're pointing out, you're, you're managing the situation. I'm managing some diapers here. I'm managing uh, some whining here. And I'm managing a, a computer addict at, at one point. But when I'm out, I can I can think about what should what should I do with um, with Maya from a standpoint of getting her developed, um, her math skills developed, or taking advantage of her extreme math, math skills or her reading. Um, what other things are going to enrich their lives, and we're going to be able to continue our bond. Well, this sounds like you really have all of this stuff really well healed, well put together. And, um, you know, as, as a parent who has, you know, children and I'm doing the soccer thing, the karate thing, the swimming thing, um, and I'm doing the work thing, uh, I know right. that it doesn't just sort of fall into place in a really simple way. No, so part of what I'm wondering for all those parents out there who are just, you know, particularly those who are really, really struggling with this and, and feeling like they're not doing anything particularly well, how did you arrive at the system of success that you have? Did this just sort of did you just fall from the heavens knowing this, or or you was know, it something that you had to work at? You know, let me tell you. One of the things that you have to have around you is a group of advisors, people who have done it before you, people who have made mistakes. One, I've had terrific parents. Um, my father, you know, I had a, a father who was an icon. Um, and a principal, a lot of his principles, I, I enroll into my principles of family. So the reason, my desire, my thirst um, for fatherhood comes from my father, Matthew Walton, my who I named my son after. And my my my, my mom is the enterprising person, so she, she she's continuing to set principles um, uh, as well. So that that's one thing. But having good friends around, having good conversations, asking questions because I don't know it all. Um, but you can gain the knowledge and gain the insight, and also having sitting down and having a, a very good open conversation with with your spouse allows you to understand things. So if you if if the concern is mutual concern, you know let's sit down and talk about what we see happening. And some of the I mean I'm a, I'm a decent listener, and it's good to emulate. I have a, I have a friend, uh, Dr. Kieran and Seth, um, 
postdoc out of Harvard. He's a mark, senior marketing director um, at ESI. And he, 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 did the, he did the parenting a little bit um, before me or differently than I did because he, he knew a little bit more. His wife was really into the balance, work-life balance. Matter of fact, she's a coach. And I learned a lot from what they did and how he set priorities and, and, and how he set forth his, his boundaries. And so I, we sit and talk about it. So that's another thing, having folks around who also have children at work, people who, who seem to have some balance, gravitate, ask them questions. Oftentimes we try to figure it all out ourselves, and that's one of the things I, I had to make sure I didn't do because I wanted to make sure that I eliminated as many you know, um, potholes as possible. Well, what have been the most difficult aspects of your work and life to balance, and do you ever have times when it just feels overwhelming? Um, probably more more overwhelming than not, because that's where we really try to run, run away from. And I think that's that's also the another impetus of making sure that I get some you get balance and you kind of re, you, you you recreate yourself continually. So the most difficult times, I think, that is when other life events happen. One thing when we talk about marriage and relationships and romance, we, we, we almost devoid it of life around us. Um, in 2007, my father went on to glory. And um, we then I had a job shift uh, happening at the same time. And that's when you know what's going on. That's when you know, one, who your co-pilot's like. <laughs> what type, who, do you have a co-pilot? Or do you simply have a flight attendant sitting up there in the seat with you? So what happened? Like, so what you gonna do? <laughs> absolutely right. So the so or you have somebody who's gonna help grab the reins, grab the 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 the, um, the the controls, and push the right buttons in order to make sure that the, the, the ship doesn't go down. And so I'm saying that those are the most trying times. I always call it 2007 the most trying time. It let me know that my co-pilot could be the pilot if she has to be the pilot. That was hugely, and it, 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 as much as it is, it, it bonds the friendship. It also bonds the romance. So, so now, you, you, how you, do you, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how do you how do you manage the stress in those times? You talk about you know the benefit of you know you've talked already about the fact that you got to start with the right spouse to start with. Yeah. And part of that then flows into the ability of that spouse to be the co-pilot when you hit those stressful times. But what other things do you do to handle that stress? Well, let me tell you something. The big stress for me has been having a very spiritual connection um, with the Lord for me. Um, that's one way that you start to the faith becomes the where you dump your stress sometimes. Um, exercise. Uh, the way I handled it was, um, was sometimes um, me and a, a Mr. Ros- Roscoe's uh, chicken and waffles. Sometimes that's where some <laughs> stress was handled. Go do something. To get away. Get out of the house. You know, go to, go together. Those are some things in terms of handling the stress. I found an order release stress. So if you focus on what things are going kind of haywire, what are the steps to get us back in order? That allows you to understand what is really what's in front of you, and allows you to, to, to reduce, at least feel, have the perception of a less stress. But you know, the, you know, for me, from a spirituality piece, from an exercise piece, um, those are the those are my avenues from from, from from stress, from managing the stress, and also sitting and talking it out. I, I, I highly recommend. A counselor. I, I fortunately have friends who are counselors, but at the same time, I really highly recommend it. You, you, you know, everyone I know of affluence has someone to talk to who know who is outside of the situation. So I think that's extraordinarily underutilized, and I think that it's a situation that people need to I mean, enroll in some level of counseling because it puts things in perspective. It's all about that ordering um, suggestion. What kind of counseling are you? Would you get? Because you know, I think most people understand the concept of counseling if you're having trouble in your marriage. Most people understand. You know, some people get the idea and the value of maybe counseling before you get married. But in the context of work-life, career balance, what kind of counseling are you talking about? 
so let me there's a couple kinds and, and let me give you give you give you two quick ones real quick. One, um you I would invest in some type of um executive coach. Um I have a have a very good um uh, coach, um Charlie Carr, who is outstanding because he, he not only touches on the component of uh, what's going on from a from a professional skill set development piece, but what's going on internally within your your spirituality and with your, your psyche. Um, and he's been, uh, for me, he's been a tr- tremendous help. Um, so, therefore, some type of executive coach. There's different levels of executive coach. If you're in the middle management, if you're in entry, there's someone who can kind of talk and coach through uh, the the managing and balancing of work life, because that's probably the only, only person who's going to really care about that is, is your executive coach. The second type of counseling is getting a psychologist or a psychiatrist, someone who's going to be be able to be a life coach with you who is certified to do so to manage things that may be more stressful than you anticipate. Um, no matter what community, it's underutilized, um, and the evidence um, through the, the evidence is clear, the science is clear that stress, you know, does increase your or reduce your 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 lifespan by increasing things in your body that shuts other things down. I don't want to get into the science of it, but it's very clear. So getting that type of help is extraordinarily important for the health of not only your uh, not, not only your, your 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 health, but the health of your relationship as well. Oh, very interesting. If, if, if the guy from Sopranos can do it, so can I. So can, so can I. <laughs> <laughs> Tony can do it. So. Yes, Tony can do it. You can too. That's yeah. interesting. So now, in in terms of um, on a day to day basis, you know, are there are there certain daily habits that you have that keep you balanced that allow you to manage your stress that you say, you know, every day I strive to do these things or this one thing to keep my equilibrium. Absolutely. So one thing that you have to have your 15 minutes of preparation. They can turn into 30 minutes. Uh, I tend to, I'm an early riser, so I try to rise before my family rises, go down to my office and write, if I do nothing else, write down a list of three things I must accomplish today for it to be a successful day. And I know you know it's, it's it's part and parcel to a lot of leader, uh, time management training, and specifically Stephen Covey um, going in in the, the Hiram Smith approach is really ordering and putting down a list. I keep it real simple. Let me put down these lists. If I knock these things out today, we're successful. If I have to truncate them, now I have four things for the next day. <clears throat> but those that for some reason that 15, 20 minutes becomes very spiritual. And I was watching Oprah Winfrey Network. Yeah, I'm one of the one of the few guys who 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 gonna admit this that, that, that <laughs> she's, an, she's an icon. I'm watching it, okay? This legend fellas, she is awesome. She sits down and if Oprah can do it, believe me, I'm gonna do it, okay? So she sits down and she prays over her list, if you will, and meditates. And she took a significant time into meditating. I think that and from from people I see as icons to me and who talk about meditation I can you can see the difference, and that's something I'm going to embark upon even more. This year. Those are those are some of my three list, list of three for the year uh, that I want to embark upon. But that whole meditation piece, sometimes you got to get to your peace because you don't make a change until you get to your peace. You can't move without peace. You can't. Your family cannot be in order without peace. And your job as a husband is to to put the structure together to allow peace so that your Co-pilot or pilot, whatever your philosophy is, my philosophy is a co-pilot um, can 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 run the show. Even though with the, I shouldn't even say that because no matter what what happens, she's, she's, things don't happen unless she unless she says they're going to happen. So, but what happens <laughs> is is what, what what in order to do that, you have to be able to create the piece. And that 15 minutes dedicating your time is extraordinarily important to. By days that go well, I do that. The days that don't go as well, they're haywire. I didn't do it. You know, I I have got to attest to the wisdom of that because you know what I started doing a couple of years ago is I got it. I did get into meditation, and what I find is that I I try to set aside fifteen to thirty minutes twice a day, and. Just as you said, I find that when I am on schedule and I am disciplined, 
it doesn't matter what the day brings because you are centered. And when my meditation is off, um, I, I, I go to work and I go about my day and the slightest thing just feels like it just throws everything off because I'm not centered. So I have to say I, I completely agree and I find that the people who are most successful the people who you would look at, like the Oprahs of the world, whose lives seem to be so full and you wonder how they get done the things they do in 24 hours, many, a great number of them, have some form of meditation or something that they do to just get away and introspect, which gets me to the question, you know, one of the things about this show that sets it apart or hopefully sets it apart is the concept of using the life manual as the um, guidepost, and whether that's a Bible, whether that's a Bhagavad Gita, whether that's a Quran, because a lot of times, you know, truth is the same. So my question to you is, do you, yeah, it sounds like you use a life manual, and, and, and what is it, and what is the strength, if any, that you draw from it? Well, you know, the, um, you know, the wisdom of Paul, the wisdom of Abraham, um, come from my, my life manual being the Bible, and um, mm-hmm. a lot of that um, that's the the foundation for me, um, and a lot of that part and parcel because that's what my dad would tie his principles that he of manhood that he would talk to me about, um, and then I, I could really see it happening. And my, it's interesting, my father never talked about himself as being perfect. He talked about himself as learning lessons, and now. He, he at, at the end of his life he has significant peace. Um, so my life manual is the, is the Holy Bible, um, and, the, and and other uh, and other um, books that associate themselves with 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 a, a Christian based philosophy. Um, so no. yeah, that's so I mean I, so I think no. that answers your question. Sure. Yes, it does. the The other thing I was going to ask you is you've given us some really good suggestions for things that you do and and habits that you have that allow you to create that balance. And it may not always be perfect, but, you know, it sounds like it's working pretty well. Are there other critical success factors that you have found that you would want to share in trying to maintain not just a healthy but a solid marriage when you're also balancing a career and you're also building those relationships with your kids? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have about, I would say, five, and a couple of them we talked about. One, getting some type of coaching, getting some help, getting getting some other guidance. But, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I really strongly advise is getting a financial planner or someone with great financial knowledge to help you create a strategy. And it's tricky because um, a friend of mine, Mercy Morganfield, talked about it's difficult to get a banker to ask you how to handle to your money because their ass is going to be put in my bank. <laughs> so yeah. you, know, you, have to get, you have to sit down, and it's going to be hard work, but you have to grab some books. There's a book called Stop Acting Rich and Live Like Living and Start to Live Like a True Millionaire by uh, I think it's Dr. Thomas uh, Stanley who wrote The Millionaire Next Door. And it, it allows you to understand finance. Um, there's a guy, obviously Robert uh, Kiyosaki, I think, if I'm saying his name right. But you have to sit down and read some things and sit down together and put together a financial plan. I, I almost say, you know what, to get a financial planner for insight, but the plan comes from the two of you. Because if money is the reason why a lot of folks have issues, <laughs> you've got if you if you have a plan or a doctrine or some commitment to what you're going to do and what you want to be when you grow up, and that's just some vision there because your vision has to come out of your financial plan. Uh, everything because everything pours into how you're going to take care of your your kids and and your grandkids, right? So that's a huge piece of it, and one that takes a lot of stress out of your relationship. Start to ask a lot of answer a lot of questions. Well, why do you want to do this? What does this really mean? What's extraordinarily important to you, and then, then how are you going to go forth? Um, number should be always number one. Making sure that you have a spiritual doctrine as well, uh, understanding that you guys are, that, that, that there's, there's, you're not just connected physically and mentally; you're connected spiritually. So therefore, making sure that there is a conduit for to continue to enrich and support that spirituality. 
um, i.e., you go into the same church. You, you and your, you, you're, you're talking about between you and your children and your and your wife. Exactly. So what I first you and the, I always go is between the husband and wife and everything else um, is a, a subset of that. So when you guys are on the same page, they 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 pick it up because children are not looking at what you say; they're looking at what you do. So once you get you guys, you're on the same page. That continues the romance and the relationship, and that and that, that allows understanding for imperfection. Um, okay. Organizations like you know, you know, we talk about at the National Executive Forum. The impetus of the National Executive Forum that I would go to warden programs and friends of mine would go to Harvard programs and we could learn great skill sets. What if we could learn great skill sets and competencies and then understand how you know how do you balance life in that same session and then how do you understand cultural challenges uh, as well? Um, that's what the National Executive Forum is focused on. So organizations, you know, coming obviously we we, we love you to come to our organization. Um, as a senior leader, but there are other organizations that offer similar um, similar training, so you can have those those types of discussions. Some some church groups are very business oriented, so they have they have a retreat that talks about business, creating a business, um, and also keep, keeping your spirituality uh, together. So organizations like that join something that supports what you're all about. Um, I, I think that you know we talked about scheduling time. Time management is extremely important. You know. Schedule the dates. Let me tell you, the, the, the other, you know, there are all kinds of dates, right? So you, the, 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 the strange thing is you've got to schedule all the dates. <laughs> so you need to make sure, you know, uh, and then we're going to keep, we'll keep it clean. But we gotta, you, gotta, you, you truly do have to work on scheduling all the dates. That's the difference between being adults versus being college kids who are dating. It's just the reality. Um, and you can, make that, you can make that sex as well. Wow. So now, what do you say to, you know, you certainly covered the person who might say, boy, you have no idea how busy I am because, you know, that's your life right now. Um, But what do you say to the man or the woman out there who says, but I'm already in the doghouse, I've blown it. My my wife is mad at me. She, you know, I don't spend time with her. She's mad about the long hours. My kids don't know my name. What do you say to those? Oh, let me tell you, that was a great, because I was thinking I had forgotten something, and that's a perfect transition to what I was thinking. So, you know, currently I'm, I'm traveling right now. And when I get home, there's a doghouse waiting for me automatically, even if she don't want me to put me into the doghouse. My, my, my wife is a sweetheart. But the, the reality, there are triggers to that doghouse if you don't do Like, I have to go and grab all the kids and give her her personal time. So if you're already in the doghouse, you need to take these kids, send her somewhere. Uh, I have this thing that I send my my wife. Um, I, I, I organize one and start the organization of the second one of the girls' trip. Okay, send her on the girls' trip. Uh, you'll be out of the doghouse quickly. But the reality is, make sure you're promoting. I, I, from a male standpoint, make sure you're, you're promoting that quote unquote personal time. Um, sending her off to get her nails done and her hair done, and make make. See, my wife is one of those. Oh, I'll do it later. Don't worry. No, I'm dropping you off. After that, you know, the, she she turns it back. It's kind of like that Snickers commercial. Um, oh <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. You know, whether you know, you know, they're they're the different person. But once you you create those particular environments and events, the, the men I saw have success when I learned from would make sure they did those types of things with no complaints and you proactively do it, it tends to ease the doghouse. At least it gets you closer back to the main house. Oh, funny. Well, (laughs) Eric, thank you. We could talk all day about this topic, but this brings us to the end of our hour. Thank you for joining us on the Steelers Show today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And um, to our listeners out out there, I have to say that... um, uh, I did go to a national executive for my first one last year, and it was absolutely phenomenal for all the reasons that Eric has discussed. So I, I truly do uh, echo that whole concept of find find that organization that speaks to you and reflects what you are about and gives you time just for yourself to go and rejuvenate and think about your success uh, your your well-rounded success as a uh, professional, as a um, uh, person who has a three-dimensional life. 
And uh, with that, we are at the end of our show. If you'd like to follow the show, of course, you can follow it on blogtalkradio.com slash speedway. You can join us on Facebook. Tell us what you thought of the show. Post a message on uh, the Facebook fan page, The Speedway Show, or send me a tweet at my handle, Speedway Pierce. Um, oh, no, wait. My handle's changed. It's not Speedway Pierce. It is The Speedway Show. And um, everyday people, everyday lives, you don't have to be a celebrity to be a guest on our show because all of us have everyday joys and challenges in our relationships. If you would like to be a guest, send me a note from the Facebook fan page, The Speedway Show. Join us next week for another edition of our show. And um, until next week, this is Speedway saying go in peace and serve the world. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Until next time, live well, live fully, and love deeply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.